Hello and welcome to Trigonometry. I'm Francis Foster. I'm Constantine Kisson. And this is a show for you if you're bored with people arguing on the internet over subjects they know nothing about. At Trigonometry, we don't pretend to be the experts, we ask the experts. Our brilliant guest this week is a trans YouTuber who talks about trans issues, freedom of speech and political correctness. Rose of Dawn, welcome to Trigonometry. Thanks for having me on. It's great to have you on the show. As you know, in recent weeks, we've had an interview of ours with Posey Parker, who is a gender critical ex-feminist removed from YouTube for hate speech. It was then reinstated. By the time this video goes out, it could have been deleted again. Uh, you know, the channel might have been deleted. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. but, but if we're still here, mm. uh, I know you watched some of that interview mm. and you, you mentioned to us that you thought it was ridiculous. So let's uh, just for anyone who doesn't know you before we get into that, just tell everybody who are you? How are you where you are? How do you happen to be sitting in this chair here today? OK, so um, as it's blatantly obvious, I'm a transsexual woman. I transitioned about 10 years ago now, maybe a bit longer. I can't quite remember off the top of my head. But um, throughout my transition, I relied a lot on myself rather than relying on any kind of community. So I gained a lot of like individual ideas on what it is to be trans and the kind of self-reliance that should come along with it. I found the trans community in not just the UK, but just in general as being one of very weird extremes with a lot of science denial or with a lot of controlling ideas on what it is to be trans in a way where it takes away rights from people like myself. Now, I had been concerned about this for a long time, but what really made me start my channel was kind of an argument with a couple of friends a few years ago where they talked about how all genders are valid and I wanted to challenge that and thought, well, what about people who identify as trigender or moon gender? thinking they would push back at that and think like, no, like obviously people can't self-identify as the moon. That's ridiculous. Only to then defend, only they then defended identifying as the moon. It's like, that is just as valid as being me. And I think, really? Like, how do you transition to be the moon? How do you transition to be three genders at once? And I was just called a transphobe in response. And so I started my channel kind of talking about these kinds of issues. And a lot of it was also uh, motivated by what happened with Count Dankula um, when he was like found guilty of hate speech. Because I thought with the way that a trans community is, this is going to be a real issue as the years go by with people wanting to control what others can actually say about the trans community. And as a trans person myself, I found that I've been told to shut up or even had posts removed from social media because I'm saying that to be trans is to have gender dysphoria. It's to, it's not these like multi-gendered hundreds of genders that the, that the narrative is now being pushed. So if I can't talk about this, what about anyone else? What about your average man or woman on the street who wants to, who has concerns about any of this? What about the radical feminists who I'd been told for years were my mortal enemies and wanted me thrown in camps? When I see them trying to hold meetings on this, they get they get shot down. Some of them have had bomb threats thrown in. Um, activists will turn up in like masks, stopping people from coming in. And they say that they're doing it in the name of love and doing it in my name as well. And whilst I wanted my channel to initially be more about politics, uh, more on like the centre-right and more about free speech, trans issues has become such a strange, hot topic issue that I don't think I can stay silent on this. It's, it's a strange world that someone like myself is 
actually considered controversial in the community. Why do you think it's become such a strange hot topic issue? Because when you think about it, you know, trans affects very, a very, very small minority of the population. Yeah. Well, that's it. It should, in theory, that should be right. We would be looking at, you know, only like a couple of thousand trans people potentially in the country if we look at what the original definition was, which is someone who has gender dysphoria and has made steps to publicly, socially, medically transition mm. to be that which they identify as. So, for example, myself, I've had to take hormones, I've had various surgeries, I've had to do various legal documents, everything to show society that I am very serious about the way in which I live. This isn't any kind of fetish, this isn't any kind of weird fantasy of mine, this is just who I am. But the current trans lobby is really lowering the gate for who can actually be trans. We're now seeing people being told, well, you, you know, you're a male, but you quite like doing this feminine thing. Well, you're neither male or female then. You must be a special gender of your own. Mm. Or you'll be getting trans women who are told, or people who say they're trans women rather, who have no desire to have any kind of surgeries, no medical issue, no taking of medicine at all, no changing their appearance, they will grow beards and they will say, well, this is a woman's beard because I am a woman. I am a biological woman. And that's simply not true. Like a trans woman, by definition, cannot be a biological female. Otherwise, we wouldn't be transitioning, would we? Mm. And it's, it's gone from relative obscurity at the start of the decade to now being everywhere. Like a couple of days ago, it was Trans Day of Remembrance and there were trans flags flying everywhere. Now, I have massive problems with Trans Day of Remembrance, but I find that it, it's become like this massive focal issue for everyone when really uh, it should only be affecting a very small percentage of the population. And it doesn't seem right to be able to control what everyone can do or say when there's so few people that this actually affects. I'm aware that Francis has given you his customary death stare. <laughs> <laughs> it's not personal to you. He just puts that face on every episode. Every episode we both... It's called South London face. I'm yeah. very sorry about yeah, it. Francis, it's just it's try and just smile for uh, once in it, your life. Like, that's not how we communicate in South <laughs> London because if smiling is weakness, but anyway... You're not in South London right now. You're <laughs> on the internet. You're, you're on the internet right I'm now. in North London, hence enemy territory. <laughs> <laughs> However, now what you said transitioning to a but you, you said that you are not a biological female, that's right. and that is that I mean that that's just the scientific fact. But that is seen as somehow incredibly controversial. Yeah. Why? I think there's a lot of denialism involved, and uh, and in a way there is some fantastic like fantasy thought that some of these activists have when they'll claim, well, because I say I'm a woman, therefore I am biologically a woman. They will talk about that there are a variety of different sexes as well as a variety of, you know, there's even more genders with new genders being released every week. They, I, mm. so, I, but I also think there's a bit of control in this as well. Mm. The idea that you can have someone with a full-on beard tell people that they are a woman and you have to accept them as a woman they have no desire to get rid of that beard. They have no desire to change their appearance or anything about them so society could see them as a woman. And it does, I know, like, mentioning 1984 is such a tired trope at this point, mm. but it is that very much two plus two is five. Like, what you're looking at is a woman, even though this woman is, like, a big burly man. And you wouldn't know they were a woman unless you were told by someone that you had to refer to them as a woman. 
That's not the way that I think a transition should go. It's as much as I want to be happy with myself. If I want to be treated in a certain way, I have to understand what it is that society expects of me. Hmm. And if society isn't going to see me in that way, I cannot command them to do so. To do otherwise is authoritarian. And that's where that's the way a lot of these activists are going. They want to be able to control what people say and think and feel about a trans person. That's counterproductive and it makes the whole situation more hostile. It's going to turn people away from even people like myself. Now, obviously, I think I'm quite reasonable. I don't know about you guys yeah. or, or anyone else, but... A lot of people do group others into various well, groups, and I don't want to be lumped in with these extremists, these people who seem to completely deny reality and are pushing an authoritarian and very extreme agenda. So let's explore some of what you just said there, because yeah. it makes perfect sense to me. But there are, when I think through the consequences of what you're saying, which is yeah. that you say you're not biologically a woman. That's right? correct. Which biologically, as Francis said, is correct, right? That's right? But does that not open the door to people? Well, people will say you're not mm-hmm. a woman, and you said you're a transsexual woman, right? Yeah. So does that mean, therefore, you're not entitled to the same things that a natural-born woman would be? Are you not opening the door for discrimination against people like yourself by talking about it in that way? Well, I think each issue has to be taken um based on what the circumstances are and like as as its own individual circumstance. So for something like sports, for example, I'm quite against trans women being in sport. Um, it would be a different situation if it's someone who has transitioned very young and has been taking hormones and stuff and so they haven't built up the muscle mass that a lot of testosterone can give you. So for example, when you look at a lot of trans athletes like Rachel McKinnon, for example, I think that People like her should not be competing in women's sports. It's very notable that these are athletes who are dominating their you know, whatever field that they're in when, when they were competing in the same sport when they were males. They, they weren't actually doing quite as well, you'll see. <laughs> and so it, it gives the impression... It's a mild understatement, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, so like, it gives the impression that they're doing it for, for sports and glory. Now, when it comes to, to bathrooms, I do think to simply say that all trans women should be banned from bathrooms and that it should only be biological women. I don't think that really addresses any of the nuance of what people like myself are going through. I What I think is that it is all individual circumstances. And I understand a lot of what Posey Parker said, but when you get a trans woman who might go into a bathroom who isn't very passable, I know that a lot of people find that problematic, but... Fuck it. Who doesn't look like a woman is basically yeah. for anyone who doesn't mm. know what passable means. Yeah. yeah, I mean, my my line is always if people put in effort into their transition, or at least a little bit of effort, then I will refer to them in that particular way. Um, I do, I can understand why some might well be intimidated by that, but I think a lot of trans women aren't these um, poorly dressed, like massive blokes with weird wigs. They are some of the most visible, but I think that they are a minority. I would say that a lot of trans women are more people like maybe myself, people like Blair White, um, people who... I've used women's bathrooms for a very, very long time now. I've never had any problems in it. I don't buy this idea that by me entering a bathroom, I'm intimidating people Mm. because Mm. I've no desire to intimidate people. I'm literally going in there just to go to the bathroom. And I think when Posey Parker said that, that felt like she was putting a motive onto what our actions are. 
Now, well, the counter argument, and I put yes. a lot of counter arguments to her, so we're just trying to explore oh, these absolutely. ideas, uh, would be that intimidation is an eye of the beholder. Of course. Right? So uh, I personally, you look perfectly possible to me. I, I wouldn't, if I didn't know you were trans, I wouldn't know you were trans. Mm. Right. But uh, uh, there are people who may not have the same appearance who may go into a female bathroom and if you're a woman you may feel intimidated by that even if the intention of that person isn't to intimidate mm. do you know what i'm saying i can understand that so this is the issue right because essentially the problem here is that you have to have someone on the door of every female bathroom in the country going you pass you don't pass you have right. a penis you don't have a penis do you know what i'm saying and that's simply not going to happen no it's why um the whole bathroom issue is almost it's sorry to interrupt they sound like you're volunteering yourself for that <laughs> job i'm up for that <laughs> i'm down do it for in that. your russian accent do you have penis you not have penis. <laughs> It's a great job. <laughs> so, Coming over here, doing the job that British people don't want to do. do. Yeah. That'd make a hell of a ball from attendant. You know have penis, have lollipop. <laughs> so, yeah, you're right. It, you're never going to be able to police um, mm. who can go into a bathroom. You're never going to be able to have, like, an ID card situation because that would be quite terrifying mm. if you had to carry an ID to show that you were trans or that you weren't mm. trans. Um, so, in a way, it's, it's almost a bit of a non issue and i don't mean that as any disrespect for people who have concerns but it is something where if you have a trans woman who passes for example it's you're not really going to be able there isn't a lot that can be done and you can also get biological women who might fall foul of this as well there have mm. i've heard of examples in the united states where they bought in these bathroom laws um where it's actually it's illegal if you are a male to use a female bathroom and biological women have actually been impacted by that and have been mm. told, oh, you're a biological male, even though they're not. Mm. Even though it should be blatantly obvious that they're not, it can still happen. Um, it's, it so is how a, does it get resolved? Well, I don't. This is, it's, this is a, a thing where I, I probably don't have the answer to it. Mm. I can't pretend that I have all the answers to everything. I think that until a lot of the big trans, this trans conversation came at the forefront of everything, there wasn't much of an issue on this. Um, people would just use the bathrooms and it would be perfectly fine. But now we're trying to, we're making mountains out of molehills where we're trying to say, well, because we have Beardy over here who's now decided that Z feels more comfortable <laughs> in a, for a women's bathroom. So therefore that can happen. Z can go in there. It's this weird, we're getting these weird situations, which is why people are now asking the question. I, I mean, the self ID is really the problem. Self ID is the big problem, mm. and it, it's it's something which I think a lot of people were never really prepared for. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, trans issues were never a big thing until just a few years ago, and now all of a sudden we've got the multi gendered nonsense telling people that you have to accept it. Like, um, as an example, changing rooms is another big one. When we have things like M and S, um, I think there's another uh, there's another lingerie store. There's quite a few that just allow people to go in based on how they self identify. Now they didn't have these rules when I started using them. I just used them, and that was fine. Nobody batted an eyelid. Everyone was cool with it. Um, but a lot of this has kind of come about since we've had a lot of non-binary people try and pull this off. Like there's a non-binary activist called Travis Albanza, who made headlines a few years ago after they decided that they wanted to use the women's changing room in a top shop. Travis doesn't look like a woman. Travis doesn't even claim to be a woman, but says that they are non-binary. 
and they just so happened to feel more comfortable in the women's. So Travis went into the women's changing room and Topshop's policy did allow them to do that. And so even though they got in trouble with some of the staff who were like, no, you're clearly a bloke. Like, get out of here. <laughs> like, no, Travis got a massive apology from them. Mm. And, and what is non-binary? I, I still can't understand <laughs> it. What, what, what is it? So non-binary is something which is quite difficult to describe because a lot of people have their own weird definitions of it. Effectively, what it means is you don't identify as male or female and the barrier for entry is basically non-existent. This is where the likes of the attack helicopter meme or Piers Morgan claiming to be a penguin came about because there is a list of various different genders that you can identify as and be non-binary. This can range from being... Like a demi boy or gender queer or gender fluid to genders that sounds incredibly strange when you look at the definition. I can't quite remember the name of it, but there is a gender which is a hundred percent of one gender and then also a bit of another gender as well. <laughs> There's that's another... a really greedy gender, isn't <laughs> yeah. it? There's another one which is like your gender is like water, your gender is like space, your gender's like fire. Your own you can only have this particular gender if you are autistic. Like you, so you, these are like people making up their own ways of of describing themselves, and it, it feels very much like a fad. And this goes along with a lot of the pronouns that these people use. I remember being at a party a couple of years ago when someone announced that they had new pronouns, and a lot of people applauded them, and it felt like a way of getting attention. Nowadays, people are a lot less suppressed than they ever have been. Even if you're like quite a hardline intersectional activist, you can't seriously compare times now that they were 50 years ago. And so it's a lot harder to claim that you are a victim. However, if you're non-binary and nobody understands you, it's a very easy way to earn some oppression points. And we see a lot of middle-class women doing this. Um, Laurie Penny, for example, claims that she is non-binary. And she comes from a very well-off background. You know, she's educated in a prestigious university. She goes all around the world writing. And so just saying that she's a woman isn't enough oppression anymore. But she can claim to be non-binary. And now, you know, she is more of a victim. So you've got to listen to her more. And a lot of it seems like a power play. And to simply identify now as trans, that gives you that oppression status. You're now more oppressed than other groups. You therefore get the talking stick so you can control the conversation. Mm. And people always talk about the oppression that trans people face, the, you know, mm. the, the fact that you know, there, are, there are members of the public who are actively hateful. Absolutely. And I, I wouldn't pretend to know what it's like to be a trans mm. person. Do you, do you find that people are intolerant on a day-to-day -day basis? Have no. you? Okay. No. Um, I've actually found the vast, 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 vast majority of people to not care. And that's exactly what I want. I want to be able to just go outside and do whatever it is I need to do in the day. And I don't get treated any differently to anyone else. And that's the experience that I've had, even at the earliest times of my transition. I'm not saying that I've never had any drama. I've had a couple of people throw abuse at me in the past. Like That's absolutely happened. But the overwhelming majority of my experience has been positive, that people generally are quite decent and they don't want to hurl abuse like they're not hateful deep down they don't care mm. and that, that's and so when i hear about how we got record levels of transphobia record levels of abuse i don't see it 
I don't see it with some of my friends either, because uh, I do have other trans friends, obviously, and they don't suffer this either. So I've got to ask the question, where is this? We're hearing about more and more transphobia, but where is this coming from? Like, who were the victims in this? It's and kind of like immigrants as well. There's a lot of evidence that people, uh, if you measure reported hate crimes, they're yes. on the rise. But if you ask the public, uh, if you take a random sample of the public and you sample them, hate crimes have never been lower than they are right now. Mm. Uh, so more people are reporting them. But if you ask a, an ordinary person, have you been a victim of a hate crime? The statistics are dropping rapidly. Mm. So it's this, this in, imbalance between people reporting more yeah. And actually, the level of offence dropping rapidly. Mm. Um, of course, that goes back to Posey Parker, who yeah. was then, you know, um, reported to the police based on a hate crime of simply having a disagreement with people online. Well, mm. let's talk about this because, yeah. as you as you know, we had her on the show. Uh, the The video was taken down because it was hate speech, which quote caused uh, or incited hatred or violence. What do you make of that? Having seen that video, well, I don't think that. Posey was inciting violence mm. at all. Was she inciting hatred? I don't think so. I think I think inciting hatred is something which is very hard to define. Mm. I do think that there is intolerance of trans people, certainly, but I don't think that in itself should be a crime. And I think that people should be allowed to listen to her. Whether I agree with what she says or not, and there are things, particularly with her language, that I did disagree with, like um, when she would use terms talking about like this idea that we're wanting to intimidate, that we're lying to people. Pretending. Pretending. Mm. Like, I can disagree with that language, but she gains my sympathy once she starts to be silenced for it. Like She isn't calling for violence. She isn't using terms that are like outright slurs, as it were. It's just more of a walk-around use of language. And it, we're walking on very tricky ground if we're going to stop someone from talking and have to start policing language they're using. Now, if she was calling like trans people like trannies and stuff like that, um, then that might be a bit of a different situation, but she wasn't. Mm. And she should be free to express their opinions on this, just as I should be free to disagree with her. One of the key issues that... Sorry, Frank. No, 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 go, no, go, 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 go. No, no, because I was going to say, now we were talking about uh, hate speech and incitement to violence. There are a yeah. number of trans activists who would say that misgendering somebody is, a, is hate speech and incitement to violence and is itself an act of violence. <laughs> well, I mean... No. <laughs> no, yes, words are an act of violence. <laughs> yeah. Of course it's not. I, and I've seen, I, I've seen it as well, where mm. people will suggest that, yeah, to misgender someone is an, indeed an act of violence. Of course it's not. It's not violent. You can say it's rude. You can say it's disrespectful. And again, that goes into like the kind of person that we're talking about. Like, I would certainly say it's disrespectful to refer to someone like Blair White as a man. But it would be, is it as disrespectful to refer to someone who, again, I know I keep on mentioning the beard reference, but I've come across a lot of so-called trans women who have beards. Is it disrespectful to them? Like, it's society-wise, probably not. Hmm. And a lot. You're, of, you're really talking about passing there, aren't you? Again, um, yes, I am. But I, I, it's not, even if you were to misgender myself or Blair White, it's not hate speech and it's not violence against hmm. us. It's just rude. Mm. Mm. And like, surely people have the freedom to be rude. Like, I, I can take, my, if, if someone's going to misgender me, I can just walk away from that conversation. 
I can choose to remove myself from that and I don't have to deal with that person. But that's very different from calling the state in to try and silence them. As though I don't want to talk to this person, therefore nobody else can. Mm. Because one day that will that power could be used against me. And it probably was in that kind of situation. Because a lot of these people I do have agreement with. Mm. And I but it's not violence. Mm. It's misgendering isn't violence. Using the wrong pronouns isn't violence. And especially when we have the non-binary element into it, when we have people saying that they want to identify as whatever and use these magical pronouns that you've never really heard before, have never been a part of our di- of any kind of dialogue, but they're not being forced on you. And you're expected to use those pronouns. And if you don't, you're committing a hate crime. That, that's, that's kind of what they're pushing for when they, when they try and compare using the wrong pronouns, using misgendering as an act of violence. I really hope YouTube take down this video that we're doing because <laughs> then we can accuse them of transphobia. That, yeah. would, that, that would be brilliant. <laughs> but but, but it's, it's interesting what you're saying. Mm. Do you think that this actually damages the trans cause? Yeah, absolutely. It paints the image that we are um, irrational, that we are incredibly aggressive, that we don't have any kind of critical thinking onto who we are and that, um, most importantly, that we are perpetual victims. Like... When I started my transition years ago, it didn't go off to the easiest start. Mm. I lost a lot of friends. I had some difficulties with my family, but was able to persevere and get over it. Mm. As a result, I've now made an incredible life for myself. I have a fantastic group of friends. My relationship with my parents has never been stronger. I have a good job. I've been able to take myself out and do very interesting things throughout the world. And I've started my YouTube channel, which has really taken off. I'm in no way a victim. And I hate the assertion that trans people are being victims. And that's one of the narratives that this is pushing, that we are these weak, pathetic individuals that have to have others nanny us. And you have to respect us. And if you don't, then, you know, you could cause our suicides and you could also then be thrown in jail. You could be removed from social media. You could lose your job. And I then when you've got your typical layman on the street, why would they want to interact with us if their impression of us is that we are so weak that we have to call the police every time where our, our feelings are hurt? Like it, it's it makes us look pathetic. It makes us look authoritarian. And I'm an individualist. I don't like groupthink. Um, ideology is why I'm very much against the likes of fascism and communism. Communism in particular is bizarrely um, prevalent within the trans community, um, but it is. Um, Since we're defining things, one of the issues where I disagree with what Posey said the most was probably around gender dysphoria, because right. I don't remember the exact words that she used, but essentially I think she was quite unwilling to acknowledge that it's, it happens. Yeah, like What is gender dysphoria? Yeah, so gender dysphoria is something which is admittedly quite hard to explain and understand. Um, it is effectively a discomfort between your real biological sex and the way in which your mind feels as though it should have been wired. Now, there is currently no real answer as to what causes gender dysphoria. Um, there are various different theories from the the way in which your brain is wired to social raising, but I would say that certainly the latter doesn't ring true to me. But effectively, it, that is what is a transsexual person, that they have gender dysphoria. And so you transition as a way of treating it. 
And it's recognised as a medical condition. It is. However, there are trans activists who are trying to get that removed. And that is a terrifying prospect for me. I relied on medical treatment, and particularly through the NHS, as for a lot of my transition, um, apart from my face, I've had like gender reassignment surgery, I've had my hormones, I've had various different therapies all related to it. Mm. And um, that, so it's the, the medical aspect is certainly real. Um, this is another point where I conflict a lot with trans activists because they think that anyone can just choose to be trans, whereas my argument is, and always really has been, that we are, we can't really control who we are. But we have this condition, we treat it by transitioning, and yeah, we've put a border on the walls, a border on gender, but they want to open it and simply declare that anyone can identify as whatever they want, and therefore they are the same as me. I've had to go through a lot to get through to where I am. And I think really that should be respected. I think India Willoughby mm. actually said the same thing yeah. when she yeah. was on the show. She said that the demedicalization of, of trans is a problem. Mm. Um, let me ask you this, and it's quite an unpleasant question for me to ask, but people do say this, so I just want to get your take on it. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the argument that people sometimes feel like they, they're in the wrong body, they've got too many hands? Right. They've mm-hmm. got two hands that they should really have only one hand. Do, do people say this, right? right. I, and I'm not saying this from my perspective. I'm just putting the counter argument that some people say that uh, being trans is uh, like a, a medical condition it is. that is in your head. Mm-hmm. But if someone came in and said, well, I've got too many hands, doctor, please chop off one hand and one foot mm. and one ear, we wouldn't go with that, right? Well... Not really, no. Like, mm. that just seems to be some... Like, why are they doing that? What is the motivation behind someone wanting to just say, well, I identify as a one-handed person, mm. rather than, like... what? What When I do a transition, I don't know what... Like, I'm not really doing any kind of harm to myself by doing it, whereas a self-mutilation is actually stopping you from being able to perform certain tasks. Like, for example, if you lose your hand, you can't really do anything with it. Yeah. Mm. You know what I mean? Um, I... We we do always hear this argument of like well we can self self identify when people pull up these you know trans abled people who self identify as being disabled and we might actually take steps to to cripple themselves and mm. to to follow that now I've that's not a subject I've really looked into mm-hmm. all I can comment on is what the science is on being a transsexual person yeah. which I know that there whilst there is no conclusive answer. There is certainly something there, and it's certainly enough to be recognised. But I would say that if you're, the other thing is is not really changing the way in which people have to perceive you. If if that makes sense, yeah. Um, So I don't think a person with one hand is not demanding to be recognised as a new, as a different whatever. Yeah, in a way, Um, I would say that they are. I I wouldn't really see a lot of correlation there. Um, Like I've only really considered the actual pathway which I've had to go mm. through, I would say just simply comparing me to someone who has chopped off their hand is a, is a bit disrespectful. Mm. Yeah. And where do you stand on uh, another argument Posey had, which was the thin end of the wedge, was saying, well, you know, if uh, you know somebody has to acknowledge that you are a, a woman and that they have to acknowledge and use certain pronouns, eventually it means a sliding scale and then we get trans women in Olympic sports and, mm. you know, obliteration of women's spaces, etc., etc., etc. Oh, it's a slippery slope. 
mm. fallacy, basically. Um, ev not everything, it, it, that's taking a very black and white view of the world. Mm. Um, I can under certainly understand concerns around that. For example, as we mentioned earlier about trans athletes, and I think that there are some issues where trans people might actually have to kind of take a step back. But it should never be an all or nothing situation. It should never be a case of, oh, either, you know, we can compete in the Olympics or we can't even use bathrooms. Like, that to me is, that's quite an extreme yeah. um, response. Whatever mm. way you are on that scale. Mm. Um, I think that there are some instances where trans women can back off. Uh, example being um, like rape crisis centers. There's one in Vancouver which had its funding pulled because a trans woman basically contested the fact that they didn't allow trans women in there. And this is a center which had a lot of vulnerable women in it. Um, you know, people who have gone through a lot um, of abuse for, by males and I've seen the, these photos of this trans woman, so to speak, who, you know, very, very low effort, like no effort at all, basically like a guy, but was allowed into a rape crisis center, taking photos naked in the bathroom. Um, so this kind of thing does happen. And I think around very vulnerable people, there, there might have to be a little bit more of a barrier there. But I, I would say that a bathroom or changing room is very different to like a space for vulnerable, a truly vulnerable people. Okay, and it's it's a sensible, uh, you know, it's a sensible point you're making that we need mm. to take every you know situation and judge it on its own merits. It has to be taken like that. You can't simply push that all trans women are automatically women and we're therefore biological women because we simply identify as such. Mm. Like there's the the whole debate requires so much nuance. My main concern with one of my biggest concerns with the way the debate is going is nuance is going through the window. Mm. It's either Trans women are biological women and therefore um, look at Big Bertha over there with a pint of Tetley's. That's a biological woman there. Or it's the case of like, no, oh, these are all like mutilated freaks who have huge problems and it's cruel to even refer to them as a woman. So I've seen that argument be used by gender critical feminists at mm. times that referring to me with female pronouns or anything like that is an act of cruelty and it's simply an act of violence on them. Mm. If I was to even ask them, not demand that they do it, but simply ask them to do so is considered violence to them. So there are two very strange extremes in this debate. And, you know, we always talk about, you know, the LGBTQI yeah. and all the rest of it. Mm -hmm. And we, we, you know, from the outside, it's seen as this big homogenous group. Everybody walks along with rainbow flags. Everybody's yeah. happy and loving all the rest of it. What I didn't realize is that there's, there's an enormous tension between the trans community and the lesbian community. Yeah. Could you just delve a little bit into that and then why there is such tension between the two? Yeah, so the um, one of the reasons for that is with the main prominence of trans people in these spaces over the last couple of years, and especially with the mantra of trans women are biological women, because that's what they mean when they say trans women are women, mm. not mm. just that we are socially considered women, but we are biological women. There's the notion that turning down a trans woman um, for like you know, sexual purposes or whatever, is a transphobic action. Now, this is something which does happen when you have a trans, like where you'll have like a trans woman asking a lesbian out and the lesbian says no, and a trans woman, oh, you're a fucking transphobe. And in fact, this happened to a friend of mine. Mm. Um, she met a trans woman, wasn't actually aware that she was trans until they properly like met up, realized she had a penis, said, I'm not interested in that. 
she was considered transphobic for doing so. And she's someone who is in very much involved in this very woke, um, like queer lefty space. Mm. And, you know, she was considered transphobic for saying that. So you get this like conflection where lesbians and gay men as well are being told that they have to accept trans people as potential partners and to not do so is considered an act of hate. And that can be a very intimidating thing when you've been very much involved in this queer community for years and people in the queer community rarely venture out of it. Mm. And so you're now being told, by the way, you now have to be open to sleeping with these people. If you don't, then you're on your own into that hateful Tory Trump filled world. And so they don't know what to do. And when they do speak out against it, they are considered like, you know, they'll be called TERFs, they'll be called, you know, like have all sorts of abuse thrown at them. Now, some of these people are genuinely transphobic. I've come across quite a few who are, mm. but a lot of them aren't. A lot of them just have concerns and they're still branded as figures of hate, even when what they're saying is just, look, I'm just attracted to other women, biological women. What, what's wrong with that? Like, mm. you know, we've gone for years of fighting for like, gay equality and the idea that you know it's perfectly fine for a man to sleep with a man or a woman to sleep with another woman and now all of a sudden that's <laughs> being told that you're being transphobic for doing that like that's utterly bizarre like it's the same way when you see like because i've seen a couple of straight people be accused of being transphobic for not sleeping with trans people so it doesn't just impact the the lesbians or the gays it also impacts everyone it's kind of straightforward, though. I mean, if you're a lesbian, you're not you're by definition not attracted to people with penises. Yeah. And if if you're a straight man, again, you're not attracted to people. I mean, mm. I, I so they're, they're basically saying that you're a bigger for having any sexual preferences whatsoever. Yeah. In fact, Rachel McKinnon, who I mentioned um, earlier, said trans hugely successful cyclist. Very she? successful. She's incredible. Oh, so good. Mm. Mm. So, <laughs> <laughs> so she did a bizarre thread on Twitter. Um, I, by the way, I feel ago. guilty criticizing Rachel McKinnon because the Russians have been doing this for <laughs> <Yes. laughs> yeah. In fact, you pioneered it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so she did a weird thread a couple of months ago where she actually said that sexual preferences are immoral and that you should be open to having fun with anyone of any gender or sex or whatever and so the, but the only acceptable sexuality is pansexuality which is like bisexuality but you would also sleep with people who identify as chairs right. <laughs> <laughs> i like it right. you, if you're straight you're now right wing so, so <laughs> one of the things i talked to i know you you were interviewed by uh carl uh, sagan of a yeah. recently and i talked to him about this i mean one of the things that seems to me to be happening is uh, and I, we, him and I talked about this. If you were to poll the general public mm. on this issue and you were to say, is someone who has transitioned from being male to being female a biological woman? Mm. I think, you know, I'm, I'm pretty comfortable that it would be in the high 90s of people who would say no to that. Well, of course, because you've told them this person was biologically male and they've now transitioned to be a woman. Right. Like you don't change biology when you transition. Right. You do everything you can to fit that biology and make yourself as comfortable as you can be. But transition is never 100% perfect. And yet, if I were to go on national television or radio or write a piece in the newspaper saying a person who's transitioned is not biologically mm the sex which they claim to now be or the gender which they claim to now be you you would you would be destroyed mm. overnight yeah so essentially we now live in a situation where the opinion of a tiny minority of people 
is the one that is allowed to be heard and to be spoken. Mm. And the opinion of the overwhelming majority of the public is the one that is not allowed to be spoken mm. and not allowed to be heard. Yeah. Is that accurate? I would say so, yeah. Like, it's controversial. I've even seen trans women be uh, banned from Twitter simply for saying that they're biological males. They're not calling other people biological males. They're simply saying, look, I'm a trans woman. Okay, I see myself as a woman, but I am biologically male. Someone really? pretty much said that exact message and she got banned for it. I, I've known countless trans women who that has happened to. Wow. So even we can't say it. Even we're not allowed to say it. And what do you think are the long-term implications of that? I think it gives a very misleading idea of what we are. I think it makes it look as though we are a lot more like unhinged mm. um like well, we really deny the reality that it also sidelines biological women and biological men as well because it says that a man's issue is no longer about like testicular cancer or a women's issue is no longer about pregnancy and you see this when you have these more intersectional more progressive mm. women's rights groups in particular where they'll be considered talking about periods as like it's problematic if it's if you've got trans women in the room because not all women have periods. Not all women can get pregnant. Mm. It's the same you see it with men's groups as well, where not all men have you know like you know some men have periods. Mm. Some men can give birth. And there was a weird. I can't even remember the name of the group. But there was a group a couple of days ago that was saying like, yes, men can get pregnant. Mm. ACLU was. Like, was. Yes, yeah. that's the it. great thing about that is you know if men could get pregnant, they'd do it better. <laughs> we still smash agenda uh, yeah. Yeah, absolutely we'd be 18% better at being pregnant yeah um, well it, it's it's just it, it's clown world isn't it yeah it's absolute clown world mm. it's and it's become that for everyone and it's why I find it such a strange issue that is now at the forefront of everything we talk about it's a small group of extremists who have successfully infiltrated and effectively kicked me out of what should be my own community. And they're now effectively taking on the world. And everyone's bending the knee to them. They are acting as though they're some sort of weird authority to these... Like, uh, again, like they, when, even when you look at a lot of the issues that they campaign on in the name of trans rights, a lot of them have nothing to do with being trans. Like, as an example, the NUS, National Union of Students, their mm. trans group has um, so fighting for such trans issues as prison abolition, like which is convenient for their former um, trans officer who was suspended amidst serious allegations of gross sexual misconduct for whipping, <laughs> for whipping their dick out at work. Um, and, and there's faced more serious allegations afterwards. And I just wanted to mention that because the NUS is, as a serious point, the NUS is purposely burying it. Right. Um, so you have a, a someone who's been accused of sexual abuse way up in the NUS and the NUS is completely shutting down any discussion of it mm. and they have ac they had access to vulnerable people um, right. but, yeah, but going back has on, there been a court case about this? Um, I'm aware that there is, it is a police matter right. um, however the NUS th this has been going on for way more than a year at this point and the NUS is simply as far as I'm aware this person's still being paid by the NUS oh wow yep uh, Jess Bradley Look, look them up. Mm. I have to say them. <laughs> but going, going back to the point I was trying to make, they campaign. That a lot of these are hardline communists. They're ones who put in Marxist ideology into their um, into their conferences, but they do it in the name of 
people like me. And mm. then they say, well, if you're right, how can you be right wing and be trans? How can you vote Tory and be trans? And I'm like, well, because I'm an individual, I have my own political beliefs. Like, I consider myself a classic liberal. I am not in any way a collectivist. But with the way that identity politics is, you have so many people who kidnap it for their own political gains. And we're seeing that more obviously than any other group and with the trans group. Mm. Like we have there are and there are actual like anti for activists within a lot of trans organizations and everyone's perfectly fine with that. Well, Francis is a very tolerant and open, accepting person, but when you said you voted in Tory, <laughs> you fucking lost him. <laughs> Typical lefty. Evil! <laughs> Get rid! Yeah. No, but it, it does seem like, you use the phrase clown world, it just mm. seems that we're just descending into lunacy. Mm. And... So you look at, you know, what's happening with, you know, the LGBTQ. You uh, fucked me. You're yeah, fucked. I, I can't so even say. Lenses. You got them wrong. Yeah. The wrong order. And, That's a, and I forgot done. plus as well. Yeah. Do you think part of this is the fact that we've made such huge strides in equality? We've made such huge yeah. strides in tolerance. You know, where, you know, of course there's still homophobia. Of course there is. But compared to even 30 years ago, you know, we live in so much of more of a fairer society that really we don't have as much to rail against as before. So we need mm. to find smaller and smaller things to get upset about. Yeah, um, absolutely. We have progressed so much, even in my own lifetime. I mean, hell, when I first transitioned about 10 years ago, it was a completely different landscape to what it is now. Now there is there's actual acceptance. A lot of people will accept me for who I am. They will treat me just as they would treat anyone else. Things have never been better, but you're right. We have to always find other ways of making ourselves victims. That there has to be something we can rail against, especially with all of these like kind of like interest groups within like the oppression Olympics. Mm. They have to be oppressed by something, otherwise they're completely obsolete. Mm. So this is how you find problems, like say man spreading, for example. Mm. Like that's not really a a problem that's not really comparable to look how say, progressive we, we are, are yeah, exactly. <laughs> we're fucking smashing it yeah. we're, we're taking as little space as possible to give you as a woman yeah. the opportunity to speak your mind and feel comfortable in this space absolutely <laughs> but, yeah so I was just going to say we're crossing our legs and therefore crushing our own genitals yes just, that's, <laughs> yeah. that's the level of progressivism you see on this show yeah. <laughs> but yeah like we've we've moved on so a lot so so much that we are picking and choosing like all the tiniest little issues mm. and like Again, the trans movement isn't the only one that's doing it. You name an intersectional movement, they're doing it as well. But I notice it the most with the trans one, where it is all of these weird issues. Like they keep on demanding trans rights. And like I was at a trans pride uh, march like, a couple of months ago, filming for my, my YouTube channel, and one of the guys on a microphone. I remember him shouting like, "When I say we have, you say trans rights." And then he realised straight away what he said, and he was like, "No, no, 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 we don't have rights." <laughs> and I was thinking, "What what rights do we not have? What 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 am I am not allowed to do that anybody else will be allowed to do?" Like, I cannot think of, uh, and, and the only things that, that could well be is like, oh, well, you're not allowed to compete in the Olympics. Like, well, I've got no desire to compete in the Olympics. I've got no desire to join like a women's board or anything. So what else is there really to accomplish? So they have to find all of these pointless arguments and fights. And they act as though we're, we're in the dark ages almost, and it's never been worse. 
I know. I know you say that you personally don't want to compete in the Olympics, but I think that's where a lot of the complications come in because、mm. there are people who want to sit on a board.、Yeah. There are people who want to be on an always women's shortlist. There are, and and this is where it's a very, as you said, it's a very complicated and very nuanced issue.、Mm. And unfortunately, we've run out of time. <laughs> so we don't have the time to explore it. Perhaps、uh, another time we can yeah. Yeah. get you back on the show and talk more about it. But for now, our final question is always the same question:、uh, It's what's the one thing that we're not talking about as a society that we really need to be talking about? We really need to be talking. Well, does it have to be related to trans? No, not, not, at, not all, at, all. at all. Not at all. Okay.、Um, so one thing we're really not talking about enough is the rise of the far left. Um, within society in general, what we're seeing, in particular with the Labour Party at the moment, is when we got members, former members of the of the Communist Party, being engaged in it, that they are becoming a lot more authoritarian, and nobody is questioning this. We're too fixated on the far right, which is, of course, a concern, but. The current way in which our society is going is almost down a dark path. I mean, we're. Pretty close. I don't know whether this is going to go out before the election or afterwards, but you know we're quite close to a point where Jeremy Corbyn could be in power by the time this comes out. I don't know if we're that close, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, don't, I don't know. I, I know what you mean. No, no, you mean it's、yeah. just a joke about him、yeah. being unelectable. That's all. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. But, yeah like it's. I mean, I, I have a lot of concerns with things like freedom of speech as well.、Mm. I mean, freedom of speech is certainly something we're not addressing enough, but. Right now, I think the far left is is something which is on the rise. Like, absolutely, be concerned about the far right, but look at everywhere that socialism has ever been tried. Like everywhere, it's been a catastrophic failure. Except Venezuela. Except Venezuela. <laughs> yeah, it's an alien. It's not real.、Union. Well, it's not、yeah. real. Not real、yeah. socialism, <laughs> was it? The, the, well, there is no real socialism unless, unless it's successful, which is never. Then. <laughs> <laughs> anyway,、uh, Rosa Don, thank you so much for coming on.、Uh, we will put a link to your YouTube channel in the description of the video.、Yeah. Thanks for watching. We'll see you again in a week with another brilliant episode. Take care. See you next week. Before you go, consider joining our exclusive member feed. As a member, you'll get ad-free and extended interviews. Click the membership link in the podcast description, or find the exclusive episodes link on your podcast listening app to join us.